Episode 99 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steven. This week, I am joined by the host of Constantly Calibrating, Josh Silverman. How are you doing today, Josh? Uh, pretty well overall. It's been an interesting day, uh, a day uh, finalizing an interesting week, so I'm I'm in pretty good spirits overall. I'm <laughs> uh, pretty positive. That's good to hear. You know, I'm happy that we get to chat. We, we got to meet each other at PAX West, which was a great time. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we, fir- we first met at the What's Good Games meetup where they were heavy pouring the drinks. And I, then we actually met up on the show floor and had a, a normal conversation. <laughs> yeah, we had a normal conversation. Yeah, with the What's Good thing, like I showed up to that in like the last 45 minutes and the bartenders just made it, I think, a conscious decision. Oh, this guy got here late. Let's get him to catch up. <laughs> oh, yeah, because people were ordering, like, whiskey drinks, and instead of giving them in a whiskey glass, it was just a pint glass. It's like, here uh-huh. you go. We well, ran out of the small glasses, so drink up because the bar is closing soon. So shout out to them because they knew how to throw a good meat and cream. <laughs> that bar knew how to host. <laughs> that was uh, That is definitely uh, anytime I'm in Seattle for any gaming-related event, probably PAX West. That is hosting any kind of party or get together or meet and greet at that bar. I will be attending. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That is a lesson that I've logged deep in my brain the next time I'm in Seattle. <laughs> so, Josh, could you tell us a little bit about, you know, constantly calibrating what you've been doing, how long you've been doing it, and just where people can find you out there in the wild interweb? Oh, yes, the wild, wild webs. Web, web. No, that, 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 that hurt. <laughs> I think I said that correctly. Uh, so for, as far as it goes, uh, Constant Calibrating has been around for about uh, roughly seven and a half years now. Started off as a Mass Effect 3 fan podcast before we realized uh, uh, that we kind of just like talking about pop culture and gaming. It's kind of evolved yeah. and changed quite a bit in that time. These days, the main show is uh, it's a weekly show every Tuesday night on Mixer.com slash ConCalPod. Uh, it is a guest-oriented show that we talk pop culture topics with a gaming lean. Um, nice. Try to promote positivity, uh, inclusiveness in uh, the gaming industry and beyond, and just try to talk to just, honestly, people I find interesting and who are passionate about stuff. We Very nice. do another weekly show, the Catch-All Gaming Podcast, on Wednesday nights, which is just, that's like our, literally, it's our catch-all. It's our... Uh, myself and uh, my host Justin Stanley, we talk um, gaming topics. Uh, mostly our reviews and previews of games. Sometimes we, within our time frame, we actually can get to news and uh, topical right. stuff, but doesn't always happen. It's a uh, how does he describe it? Our 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 gaming water cooler. That's awesome. And uh, the final show is the S Rank Support Podcast. Our Fire Emblem three houses at least ostensibly three houses we might expand from their show uh seven episode planned limited series if people like it we'll go beyond that but it's just exploring our first playthrough with fire emblem the three houses mostly as an excuse to get justin and myself to stop wasting everyone's time on other shows talking about three houses <laughs> that's not a bad idea i gotta introduce you to kate she's a huge fire emblem three houses fan she played through a bunch of that so you, you might have something to talk about there i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah just otherwise been doing this stuff forever yeah yeah and so where can they find you out there do you have uh, a specific website or just on twitter is that where the best is that the best spot they can find all your information i mean best spot right now is either go to constant calibrating's twitter which is twitter.com uh, slash concalpod at concalpod 
or myself, I'm at Bear Punch. Those are the best places because it's the where we're the most active. We do have ConstantCalibrating.com, but due to a lovely fight between uh, our, our former web host GoDaddy and our upcoming current uh, Bluehost, I think, uh, mm-hmm. I can't get the site to actually go online and probably migrate. So it's uh, uh, all, you can go there. <laughs> it's uh, it, you can go there if you want to see um, uh, either updates currently or updates. Uh, going back only starting from last January, it alternates every now and again which one it's going to show you. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like Russian roulette. It's actually not a bad idea to just see what you get when you go to the website. So it's, that's it's, even more incentive. <laughs> there you go. It's like a, it's nice, nice little gambling wheel. Do you get current content or do you get uh, uh, what would it be now? Almost ten month old content. So uh, have have your pick, have your fun with that. But yeah, Twitter is the really the best place overall. Either my my personal or the or the podcast's Twitter. Fantastic. So everybody out there, you better go check out Josh because if you don't, I'll know. And we asked this. Of <laughs> he all will because I'm gonna I'm gonna rat out all of you. Perfect. <laughs> We got a system here. And so we ask all of our guests that we have on, what are a couple of your go-to games, your favorite games of all time? Favorite games of all time. So somebody just, uh, one of the things that just went viral on Twitter actually was the um, uh, post your four favorite games uh, thing. And like you're you're judged or whatever by your followers. Uh, Nobody actually judged me for it that harshly, but I I, I divided up into two sets of three because I can't follow the rules on these things. Uh, (laughs) We're used to that on this show. So it's, well, because the way I looked at it is, so there's favorite game for me, and then there's game uh, games I will come back to and replay um, mm-hmm. at a moment's notice. So my heavily replayable favorite games are um, are Super Mario RPG Legend, The Seven Stars, uh, Grim Fandango, and Stardew Valley. Okay, nice. But if you just like ask the what's your favorite game question, I will usually go with Dragon Age 2. Mass Effect Andromeda and Kingdom Hearts 2. All right, see, you would get along with Kate and Christine then because we got <laughs> Christine, big Kingdom Hearts fan, big Mass Effect fan. Kate is a huge Dragon Age fan. Yep. So we'll have to get you back on for a, a big to-do with the rest of them sometime. I'm in. That's a pretty good list. It's a pretty good list, though. Yeah, so that's kind of like, um, I, I'm very eclectic in my taste. Is more accurately, like, as I've gotten older, it's more of the very like limited amount of stuff that I'm just not necessarily going to play. Yeah. Um, I've also learned as I've gotten older, I have no idea what I like because if you say to me, Hey, we've got this game coming out where it's like multi-generational. You get to keep playing the ancestors of these people and over and over and over again. I'm like, sure. That sounds wonderful. I'll play it. And then I forget to read. Oh, it's a tactical RPG in a new unique way. And not, okay. No. Yeah. I, I don't know yeah. what I like half the damn time. And I just, I, <laughs> I just try stuff. Yeah, that's a great way to go about it, though, because then you find some games that you might not have found if you were actually mm-hmm. looking for them. So that's pretty awesome. So yep. thanks again for joining us on this lovely Thursday night. We have some fun stuff to talk about. But before we get into that, we got to talk a little bit about keeping the house. And so please follow us on social media. You can find us at Plus One Player on Twitter and Instagram. Check out the website, which is PlusOnePlayer.com. There you can get links to Twitch, which is Twitch.tv slash PlusOnePlayer, and a link to the Discord. Come on and join the community. Community, We'd love to have you. Unless, of course, you're racist, in which case we would not love to have you. We don't want to know your top four games. And even if you posted them, we would judge the shit out of you. So get out of here. And so after all that... 
if you've enjoyed the content, if you enjoy hanging out in Discord, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two, because every dollar you give us goes right back to the show to make it the best podcast around. We have an amazing group of supporters, and we'd love it if you would join that group. And can't finish up housekeeping without mentioning the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands, but I'll talk about that a little before the topic of the show. And so episode 99, one away from the big 100. We actually have a fun one planned next week for everybody listening. We're going to have the whole crew on, and we're doing an entire episode of just the first segment games that we always do. So (laughs) it's going to be... You might see a combination of Larry Rutabaga and Donna D in there. You might see some Steamer Steve. And also, if you guys want to give us a call with any of your games, any of your would-you-rathers, who said it's, whatever it may be, or if you have a memory of the past 100 episodes you'd love to share, give us a call at 347-509-5620. We'd really love to hear from you. We're really excited for the 100th episode extravaganza. (laughs) (laughs) And so before we get there... We got some stuff to talk about tonight, so there's a lot of news from Sony this week, so we actually are going to have a pretty Sony-focused episode, but before we get into that, there's been a game out there that's really been all the rage, and I'm excited to talk about it, I'm excited to have you here, Josh, because I needed someone to talk about this ending with, so there (laughs) are going to be spoilers involved with this, and of course we're talking about, I think it might just be the game of the year, maybe the game of the century, Untitled Goose Game, so... What both world played. are we in? I did not. I like if you. I mean, I keep making the goose of the year joke, but for starters, one where we're apologizing or more people have spoilers about Untitled Goose Game, and then also where that's like, I mean, no disrespect to House House or anyone related to it. It's just I played this last year at PAX West, and mm-hmm. all my notes on the game were just kind of I wrote the word honk in various different like font sizes and stuff like yeah. that because it was fun and don't get me wrong but I'm like it's it's going to be a quirky cute game it's literally one of the only games I think about all the time I, I beat it over a week ago I did as much as I felt I was physically capable of doing I had a video uh, really to go like mini viral and like <laughs> uh, and I was just like I'm, I'm done with this game and I can't stop thinking about it whether it's my game year i don't know but it's probably my experience of the year i think it's funny because in this year where well now there's been a lot of like really big games that kind of mm-hmm. came up at the beginning of the year this could have easily just been the front runner for game of the year like if this came uh-huh. out in like march but it's funny how the impact it's had like just watching it how everybody is enjoying it like gamers of pretty much all different sections where like you have people who maybe like rpgs or maybe like action games and then all of a sudden they find this common ground with this goose game and i saw it because it was austin walker from vice who said it was hitman with a goose and it was the perfect description of it it is because that's what you're doing you're just literally instead of killing people you're just making their day absolutely miserable (laughs) and i love just everything about it because it gives you a little bit of creativity the way you can kind of attack the little to-do list items. Mm -hmm. And then I saw one video of somebody who's just like, this is my masterpiece. (laughs) I have successfully got all of the items into the center of the canal. (laughs) So they dumped every item down the canal. Wow. The goose was just swimming amongst them, and it was such an amazing picture. That's better than my masterpiece. My masterpiece was just trying to get, like, three people into the garage. (laughs) That was so funny. I saw that, and I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Because when I was first playing through that section, that thought never even came into my mind. And when I saw you do it, I was like, that's fucking genius. (laughs) Like, the uh, fact that they let you do that is incredible. It's the fault of uh, Rebecca Valentine, actually, that I had (laughs) that idea because I don't. she said something, and I was just like, 
I've just finished the game and I really wonder how many people can I get the entire town in there? She pointed out that, that I think either she or someone else in, that, in her thread pointed that it was unlikely because, and it is, like I did the math, like how quickly you'd have to move. You can't, po- I don't think it's possible uh, without like some uh, hacking or something to get everyone in there. But I'm like, yeah. I wonder if I could get like three people in there. And I spent two hours <laughs> doing that. <laughs> Of which to be clear, just like, for people who don't know anything about Untitled Goose Game, the the campaign, as it were, is about two and a half to three and a half hours, depending how quickly hmm. you figure out puzzles and get through it. It's not a long game, so I spent almost the same amount of time as it took to beat the entire game, just trying to get three people in that Fakakta garage. <laughs> See, that's perfect though. That's amazing replay value because now uh-huh. you're like because it does give you some end game stuff to do where it's a little bit extra, and that's pretty cool. But it, just trying to go back and like beat the levels quicker, beat them more creatively, mm-hmm. that's so much fun in and of itself. And I think the mechanics are just so good because it's such a simple game. Like there's very little to it. You know, you got it's the honking, which is fantastic. I think more yeah. games need a honk button. That mm-hmm. really, it actually brought me back to the old, the original Grand Theft Auto that had the button dedicated to burping and farting. Oh yeah, yeah. And so yeah. with this, it's just the honking, and then you have you can flap your wings, and then you can kind of crouch and be a little stealthy. So it's super simple. Anybody can pick this up, and the puzzles. Some of them do get a little challenging in the sense where you kind of have to look around for a minute. And you're like, all right, that's what I need to do to lure this person over here. So there is a little bit of strategy to it. It lends itself to creativity, and then the ending. So this is where it's going to be a little spoiler heavy because when this ending happened, I thought it was one of the most clever ways to end such a simple game that i've ever seen because Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the game when you're coming out of your little area you can you can go to this spot and you look and there's this pit just filled with golden bells and you can't go to it and you're like what the hell is that then you go through the game and the last section is you get into this little model town and you have to destroy the church and get the golden bell and take it all the way home. And so there's that moment where it clicks where it's just like this motherfucking goose keeps going and taking this bell, destroying this model. They rebuild this model and he just keeps taking the golden bell. And it was so diabolical. <laughs> it was honestly like this perfect moment for me because like, like you, I started the game off. I immediately go off the beaten path. I wander southwest on the map and I'm like, I found mm-hmm. these bells. I'm like, neat. Like, that was honestly, like, kind of my thought. I'm like, I guess I can't do anything with this. I didn't even really think about it. And then you're playing the game for three and a half hours. I'd completely forgotten about these bells. Yes. Uh, And then, so, you know, you you tear down the tower, you grab the bell, and you realize, oh, crap, now it's like, essentially, I'm now running through the, I have to run through this entire town on high alert. Mm -hmm. And I still didn't think about it. As soon as it's like, go back home, I'm like, all right, when I started the game, there was a, and then that was when it clicked in my head. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I got there. I saw the bells. I have, I, I don't know if I've honestly ever laughed that hard at a game as that absolute ridiculousness yeah, that that, that moment created for me. I let out an absolute cackle because, like yeah. you, I completely forgot about the pit of bells. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought it was like, all right, this is kind of a clev- clever way to tie the whole game together because now you have to run away from everybody and you, every movement you make, pretty much, the bell's going so they see you. So I mm-hmm. thought that was a cool little challenge. And then that ending moment where you're like, oh my god, this goose does this every single day and they keep rebuilding it. It's amazing. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think uh, Matt Fowler, who I'm a big fan of, because he does a lot Same. of writing for like IGN and all that. And so he had tweeted out he, when he finished it, he just goes, the ending of Goose Game is like the most I've been impressed with an ending since the ending of Seven. <laughs> 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 it's just so perfect because I saw that before I finished the game and I was like really like this game has like that cool of an ending and then when it happened I was like yeah this game has an amazing ending <laughs> so a huge shout out to them I think everybody needs to go play Untitled Goose Game like anybody can pick it up it's not expensive it's so worth your time yeah it's a uh, 25% off right now it's normally 20 bucks uh, on, oh, nice. on switch it's uh, 15 bucks uh, so it's easily a game uh, I know we're saying like it's three and a half hours but like seriously that it's a such a good three and a half hours plus that's just for the campaign it mm-hmm. extends that and obviously people are uh, flocking to it because uh, <laughs> hey uh, obviously for you because uh, if you look on the switch store the best-selling game is until goose game above Link's awakening in that's remastered. amazing wow like the goose is I, loose people i mean i just can't believe it like i'm just so happy because like holy crap we're actually gonna get a sequel to this game all but guaranteed we're gonna the goose is gonna be in more things like goose and smash please i don't even play smash give it to me in smash anyways i know like <laughs> i'm really thinking the goose has become one of the most iconic video game characters of all time in such a short span the goose it's is everywhere <laughs> i i can't believe it it's 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 well i have friends who are making memes of it you're seeing people like throw it into random stuff uh eka point people behind uh at outer loop games behind uh, falcon age made uh uh, untitled goose world and it essentially was just the image of chris pratt from jurassic world with the raptors like that whole you know meme picture except he turned all the raptors into the goose and i'm just like it's just so... i probably make the movie way better for being honest it, in all honesty yes but it's it's just like oh again who knew this damn stupid goose was gonna become like the meme of 20 what like of, of like late 2019 yeah, because I played it on the Sunday of this PAX West because I had heard about it all weekend, and I got there early enough when the line was still pretty short, mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to see what this game is all about. And when I got there, I ha- I had to play on the big TV, and so she asked me, she's like, are you okay with playing on the big TV? I'm like, yeah, I mean, worst case, I just screw around as a goose, and maybe somebody laughs. And so I played through that first mission, and I got hooked on it immediately. Like, as soon as I figured out the little mechanics and what Mm -hmm. I had to do, I was like, I want to get through this level as quickly as possible. The only thing I didn't do in the demo in the time frame was, like, get him to wear his sun hat. I was like, damn it. So I got pretty close in that demo, and that's when I was like, well, this game is a day one buy for me. (laughs) And it, it did not disappoint. So everybody out there, you need to go check out Untitled Goose Game. So that was... A fun. I'm glad we got to have that discussion because I've been dying to talk about this ending, <laughs> and like not enough of my friends have played the game yet. So thank you so much. This worked out so well. <laughs> uh, no, I'm in the same boat. We talked about it on Catch All, but it was just like a loose review more than anything. Justin hadn't yeah. gotten particularly far into it, and I realized like like a little, like a few minutes into our conversation about the game, I'm like, this isn't gonna be the chat I need it to be. So I'm in the same boat. I've been wanting to talk about the I, about the ending. Like I'm desperately trying to get my wife to play it because I'm just like, please, I need to talk about this game it's like you have to play you have to so everybody out there go check out untitled goose game you get the seal of approval from both of us Mm -hmm. and uh you won't regret it i swear to god it's amazing i'd be surprised if you did 
Yeah, like I really would because I I I saw a couple people who 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 they didn't like it, and I was like genuinely shocked. I was like, ah, I mean, I guess I get it. Like, if you were looking for a game with a little bit more, but this is the perfect game just to like pick up mm-hmm. and just have a good time with. It's you get to be terrible without really having any serious consequences, which I think is a, a fun change of uh, of pace from what we're kind of used to, where like some of those games were like Hitman, for example, where you're kind of being terrible. And everyone's dying. So this sure. one, it's more, you know, you just steal the belt. That's all you're doing. <laughs> Sounds, yeah, no, pretty much. All right. And so now it's time to head into the topic, which is all about Sony and what's been going on this week. But before that, the show is brought to you by Nerdiest Brands. So go check out nerdiestbrands.com for all of your nerdy fandom apparel needs. Like I said, winter's coming. And so they got beanies now. You should go get an awesome Nerdiest Brands beanie. It's fantastic. You won't regret the purchase. You can wear it while you play Untitled Goose Game. It'll be great. So go check them out at nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com, and use the code plus one discount. That's plus the number one discount. You'll get 15% off your order. And so let's have a little chat about Sony, which is something I can do very well just because I love me my PlayStation. So there's been some big news going on there. There's a little bit of a shakeup, and it kind of came out of nowhere. So Yeah, very much so. It, it took me by complete surprise, and I'm sure everybody was stunned. And like the way it was announced was really weird, so it naturally sparks a conversation. And so I'm going to read a little bit from a Game Daily Biz article. Um, so go check gamedaily.biz. I will post this article in the show notes. Highly recommend because there's a lot to unpack in this article. I recommend you read through it. And so it's called Sean Layden departs Sony amid restructuring confusion and potential power struggle by Johnny Cullen. And so basically it talks about how PlayStation with a tweet announced it is with great emotion that we announced that worldwide studios chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE. His visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in future endeavors and are greatly deepful for his years of service. Thanks for everything, Sean. They don't tag him. Sean Layden hasn't said anything about this. And so the article actually goes on to mention that this could have been stemming from a restructuring that happened back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so just to kind of summarize, because like I said, a lot to unpack with this. I highly recommend you read the article for yourselves because there is a ton in here. Basically, with the reshuffle, John Kandera took control of the Americas and Japan and Asia for Sony Interactive Entertainment. And then Deputy President Jim Ryan assumed responsibility for Europe. And so when that kind of happened, and then John Kandera ended up leaving, and then John Ryan, well, excuse me, Jim Ryan, was announced as the new president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide. And so a bunch of things were going on behind the scenes. I don't know how much you can kind of make it into it was like a power struggle because then you see some people thinking that maybe this is Sean Layden taking a job somewhere else with a competitor and it's not normally like a two-week notice type deal in that situation. They usually go there. I know uh, Greg Miller had tweeted out he thinks that he might show up at Stadia, which would be a big move for Stadia if they could pull that off. But one of the big things with this now creates this conversation where people think like Sony is all of a sudden panicking or now there's going to be some trouble around the PS5 launch. And I think that's where I kind of lose a little bit of understanding like where that comes from, because I feel like this isn't going to really throw them into a huge shakedown, you know? Not at all. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe Rami Ismail who posted it, but somebody posted this thing Mm -hmm. where it was like, um, 
big shakeup at Sony. Journalists' response: Oh, that's interesting. Uh, people in the industry: Oh, that's inter- uh, interesting. Consumers: Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh damn! Sony's yeah. done! Sony's done! Oh my god! Because that's literally what kind of happened. Because most everyone in the, like the, from an industry perspective or a journalism perspective was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's a weird way they did that. Oh, that's yeah quirky. Oh, I wonder what this means." But consumers are like, "Well, it's the death of Sony. I'm got. I guess I'm now an Xbox fanboy. What?" the hell where did that just come from and it's like it's like you don't really have i mean you don't have to be a fanboy of one or the other like that's the thing is i just never i never had an xbox just because i'd always had a playstation but i have games pass on my pc and i love it like it's amazing because now i have the chance to play a lot of games that i never really could have played because they were you know microsoft only but with this it definitely kind of stinks because I think Sean Layden was doing an incredible job. Like he was one of the ones who was kind of pushing for crossplay and getting all that moving. And now yeah. it kind of leads into like what we'll talk about a little bit later with their new update with crossplay. So I think the the weirdest thing was that he hasn't said anything and Sony doesn't like tag him and it's just like this quick like one off tweet. It's not like a press release or anything. It's not one of those things where you'll see a lot of times people actually like write it on their letterhead and just post a picture of that on Twitter. So it was very abrupt, and I think that's where a lot of people started to kind of have that panic mode. But I think you have to kind of look at the fact that this is a a giant corporation, and it's layered with infrastructure. So, yes, losing him, I think, does kind of hurt, because I think he was really good for what they were trying to do. But who's to say that whoever's going to, like, take his place wouldn't be able to do those same things, you know? So I think it's kind of a wait and see from that aspect, but I don't think it's going to hurt PS5 as much. I did see in this article, it kind of talks a little bit about how some developers who were testing the PS5, they noted that Sony was being a little bit quieter about some of the features than they normally were, but that could be an attempt to try to prevent leaks. I don't know. I mean, I hope that like it doesn't impact the launch of the PS5 because I think that's the only thing that could hurt people i guess they could hurt sony in the people's eyes yeah i mean they're not gonna this event is not gonna botch it's what you already said a company like sony which again people have to remember sony is not just playstation sony is not just oh yeah is not just the americas it's not just japan sony is one of the single biggest companies on this planet oh yeah they have the infrastructure they have the infrastructure that literally, let's say this was a horrible, hostile thing. Sean Layden, who's been there for 30 plus years, they somebody just go went in, you know, and said, just literally said, I hate you, Sean, you're fired. And yeah. then just like fired him, like for no goddamn reason. Like, like, let's just say it was like something like as, as, and like that, like, like hypothetical wouldn't make a damn difference. Sony could still right. recover from that. Absolutely fine. It, like, yeah, they'd have to you bring a different person in. Maybe they're not as good as Sean. Maybe they're better. Maybe they're worse. You know, who knows? But it's, they have, this is a massive company with the infrastructure. It's not like, you know, a cat calling, like, you know, people getting into a fight uh, situation with like an indie developer or something. Right, right. You know, where that, that kind of shuffling and change could just throw the whole entire thing off gears. No, uh, they're, they're fine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and that's one of the things that I think people were kind of missing. I think it, a lot of them tried to like turn something in out of this mm-hmm. and like make it a bigger story because it is definitely a big story, but I think they were trying to make it a bigger story for the wrong reasons. I'm very curious to see if he does show up at something like Stadia mm-hmm. because that would be a huge move and that would honestly I think that's something that Stadia could really benefit from because 
this he was part of the reason why PS4 was so good, you know? And I think if they could pull off that type of coup, I don't it's not going to hurt Sony in the long run, but it will really help Stadia with their credibility because did you have a chance to experience Stadia at PAX West? I did not get to experience it. Um, uh, I tried a couple times to get over there, and the timing just never worked. But I yeah. <laughs> I do have the Founders Edition pre-ordered for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was one of the things is I didn't hop on the pre-order because I, I was kind of taking a wait-and-see approach with it, and then I got hands-on with it at PAX West, and I had some like serious lag and like frame rate drops and there was one time where it completely crashed and Mm -hmm. so it kind of soured me on it a little bit because i I, while pax west is definitely a controlled environment for them it's still a lot going on like i mean we all saw how intense that room gets so i guess like if maybe i had it just on my own internet plugged in maybe it'll work fine because it's not being run with all of that stuff going on However, it definitely didn't, like, blow me away. Um, it didn't make me want to run out and pre-order it. So if they are able to do something like this where they keep adding to their roster, just these experienced members of the game industry who now have a very strong proven track record, that at the very least starts to put people like me, it puts our minds a little bit more at ease because now we're like, all right, well, there's more and more people who have done it and done it well in the past working for them. So I think it'd be a a good move on their part. So I'm very curious to see if that ends up coming true. And I, I know Greg Miller would be stoked to be like, yeah, I called that one. <laughs> I mean, it seems it, it seems like a high likelihood. It seems like a lot of people are uh, uh, moving towards like working with state and stuff. A lot of like the industry veterans, uh, they're making, yeah. you know, uh, Google's making deals for them and pulling them over. So I would not surprise me if Greg is right in that regard, that that's where uh, Sean Layden's going to end up. Um, and yeah, they could use more people. They could use more experienced people to make sure they're actually selling it. I, I, as far as Stadia goes, I don't, my only experience with Stadia essentially was Project Stream for Assassin's Creed at the beginning of the year, which... How'd you like it? I mean, Odyssey ran better off of that than it did, does off of my actual computer, which more wow. than, more than exceeds the, uh, uh, my computer more than exceeds the recommended st- uh, stuff and it ran better off Project Stream. Um, That's really impressive, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it, it it worked really well in that setup. So that's why I decided to pre-order it when the pre-order is open. And I just said, you know what, I'm I have a, a thing in my calendar for a two weeks prior to the uh, what is it? Two weeks prior to release that says check reviews of Stadia, <laughs> <laughs> and essentially gives me the opportunity to you know to cancel it if it comes cool. down to yeah. that. Um, so we'll so we'll see if I you know if I follow through on it or not. Uh, if I have a job by then, I probably keep it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean at that point, why not? Because then yeah. if you know you're on your lunch break, you sign into Stadia, boom, you have a good little time there. I use Google phones, so like I'm I I actually need to upgrade to a new phone anyway. So I figure if I upgrade to a Pixel Four, I can literally just sit down and I don't know play destiny or doom or some shit yeah it's like the concept is still very intriguing to me it's Mm -hmm. just all about you know putting into practice so it's something i'm definitely keeping an eye on but that one experience it didn't blow me away so at this point now it's more like all right i want to see how it actually plays when people get their hands on it in an environment that isn't you know a video game convention where everything's going on so makes sense you know, with Sean Layden depart, de- departing, excuse me, with him leaving 
uh, Sony. It's it definitely stinks for Sony. I think they'll be okay in the long run, of course. Very curious to see who they get to replace him. I know there's kind of the, the funny joke going on on Twitter right now of just people putting in their name to like run for the president of SIE. And I think, uh, what was it? Akumi Nakamura was like, I'm going to run for it. I was like, I'd vote for her. Like why well, Corey she- Barlog <laughs> made a uh, poll earlier, Tim. He's posted a lot, though, so I'm trying to find it. Uh, he made a post earlier that was like, "Who, who, who's your person to 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 be the president?" And the choices is between like the the three major people who have gotten into the running, which was Greg Miller, Jonathan Dornbush of IGN, Akumi Nakamura, and apparently the throat baby from Death Stranding, uh, <laughs> and. With 21 hours left and 17,000 plus votes at this point, uh, Jonathan Dornbush has 2%. Uh, oh, man. That Throat Baby has 19%. Greg Miller has 26%. <laughs> and Akumi Nakamura has 53%. Yeah, she is fantastic. So get her up there. Uh-huh. We'll make some awesome games. It'll be great. So I'm very curious to see how that kind of plays out. I just like I, I think the big thing to take away is they're gonna be fine. PS five is gonna be fine. The one thing I really care about with PS five right now is how much is it gonna cost and when can I expect to see it. That's really I, I have all my faith in them. PS four was easily my favorite console. Absolutely love the thing. So tell me how much I'm gonna have to pay to experience the next gen and I'm good. That's pretty much where I'm at with it. That all sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they they were in the news even after that, though, because then they announced they cut the price of PlayStation Now. So their their subscription streaming service, we've talked about it previously on the podcast, and they cut it down to $10 a month or, you know, $60 for the year. And that's down from $20 a month and, you know, $120 for the year. So with that, they also announced that they're adding GTA Five, God of War, Uncharted 4, an infamous second son to the lineup. Now, a few of those were a, a limited time offer only. I think God of War is only available until January. But yep. that's a good way to get some new people in the door because you can play PS Now with a PC and as long as you have a PS4 controller. So now it's giving people a chance who don't have the money you know, to spend on you know, a $300 or $400 PS4 console. If they have a PC, all they have to do is go get a controller you can even just buy the subscription for a month or two, however long it's going to take you to play the game. But now you all have a chance to experience God of War. I also think that this is a way to get some people like me because I wasn't into it enough for the $20 price tag. I did the free trial. It was okay. I had some latency issues. So with that, I was just like, eh, am I really going to be playing enough of these games to warrant paying $20 a month? But now that it's something like $10 a month, it's a little bit different because even if I get it for a month or two just because something comes on that library that I really want to play, it could be worth the purchase. Um, have you had any experience with PS Now? No, I haven't. I mean, um, I think Justin dabbled with it a little bit. Uh, I remember him talking about it a while ago. But no, uh, the price tag was I had no interest in. Yeah. I heard lukewarm things about the service itself and there was nothing about it that with what they were advertising it as originally or even over the last you know however long it's been since it launched there's been nothing that's uh honestly just really stood out to me as um what am i looking for here like a viable reason to look into it and i i feel like their new price tag their new you know price range of it is i know it's a different service 
you know, necessarily to uh, to Games Pass, but it feels like it's kind of like them trying to, as we go into this all digital future, I think it's you know PlayStation kind of being like, okay, let's try to let's try to test the waters with a new price point and like mess around here and see if we have something that actually can play off of what Xbox is doing Game Pass, a service that unilaterally, whether people are have an Xbox or not, people talk about as being one of the best services there is yeah no i agree because like like i like i said earlier i bought games pass because for right now for pc it's five bucks a month yeah which is insane like that's an amazing deal for the games that you're offered it's ridiculous how low that is honestly yeah it's it's crazy because they're offering you like gears 5 on release like all these other huge name games on release which is what ps now doesn't and it sounds like they can't do and so what they try to do is now supplement it by saying all right 10 bucks a month here we're gonna add some like really big titles that are have been out there now you have a chance to play if you didn't have a chance to play them earlier but i think without ever offering those new releases, it's never actually going to be able to compete with Games Pass. However, I do think it'll still sustain itself as like, somewhat profitable for them in the sense that this maybe now can bring more people into it because that's less of a commitment. Now, like something about $10, like even though it's literally just $10 off, something about that $10 price point is just infinitely more attractive to regular consumers well absolutely i mean ten dollars is easily a far more attractive price point i mean just think about it on paper i mean even even again i and i can't wait on this because i've never used the service but even if twenty dollars was a uh, a reasonable amount ten dollars just looks better particularly again comparing it against the other similar or semi you know adjacent services it's yeah. it makes sense particularly in a, a subscription world there's really nothing over 15 bucks a month that's not a premium subscription in the, the subscription world at this point. So Yeah, because you know. it's also easier to stomach too, because I, I most spoke earlier. It was if previously it was if you wanted to just buy your subscription it was a hundred, not hundred twenty, my mistake. Okay. Um, but now if you just want to buy the year subscription, you can just pay sixty bucks. And so that already is like, oh, for the price of a new game. I have a year's access to all of these games that I maybe haven't played because they do have a lot of good games, a lot of like PS3 games on there, which is huge since there's no backwards compatibility. So I see that as a way to get some people in the door, but I don't think it's enough to get a lot of the more, I I would say, I I, kind of use the, like I hate using this phrase, but like the hardcore gamers, so to speak. But, like, those ones, they would rather spend that money on something like Games Pass where they can now get access to these new releases that they definitely have an experience. Because a lot of those games for me is, like, I would just be replaying some of my classic favorites. And Sure. Sure, that's cool, but I could still do that because I have a PS3, so I could probably just go buy a used PS3 game of what I'm looking for and just pop that in. Pretty much, very easily. But I do think, at the very least... $10. I hope that it does lead to, to more people getting it. Like I said, I think I might actually now go to it just because why not? Like if I can get it for a year for $60, then I have a chance when there's some downtime in the, the new releases, which hasn't been the past couple of months. But when there <laughs> eventually is that little downturn, which we always know is coming, I could go back to some classics. So $10 a month, not nearly as daunting as 20 not nearly as daunting by any means. Also, we we know that's coming. When is that coming? When is this this mythical downtime in gaming? Because oh, because yeah, the rest of point. October is hell. November is hell. D- December? 
I think is that I don't think there's like anything coming out in January, but like February through May, it's packed. We got mm-hmm. Last of Us Two, and then Final Fantasy Seven remake, and then there's Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, and then there's Avengers. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it's and again, that is just the massive AAA games. There's so oh, much yeah. other stuff in the AA and indie level that's going to start that's also going to start filling up the cracks and crevices in that time that's just like holy crap <laughs> yeah if only we had way more time in the day or if you know somebody just wants to donate you know millions of dollars so that way we can just spend all of our days playing these games and just talking about them so shout out to whoever's got a few million lying around and wants to throw it to us yep <laughs> we'll take it and so this will lead us to the last Sony news of the week, which was crossplay is finally out of beta. And Ooh. so this was another one. It was kind of quiet. Like all of a sudden there were just uh, like news reports from like IGN and like Polygon and all of them. They were just basically like, oh, so this is out of beta now. So that means that any game that can utilize crossplay can now utilize it with PS4. So we've already seen it with actually Fortnite, which again, like I, I'm not the biggest Fortnite fan by any means, but I respect what it's done for the game industry in the sense that Fortnite was pretty much the reason that Sony finally was like, fine, we'll do it, we'll do it. So shout out to Fortnite for finally getting these guys to get off their hands and actually give us crossplay. So I dabbled with a little bit with the the Call of Duty beta recently. It's pretty cool. Um, Obviously, it's risky if you're going to go into like ps4 versus pc because the mouse and keyboard clearly has an advantage so i kind of tend to try to avoid it unless it's just like ps4 and xbox but it does give you those options so i do like that it gives you like the filter and all that and then now with something like destiny where that's become cross save that starts kind of putting in the little everyone's kind of looking for it like oh is crossplay coming to destiny like is there a chance we might get this so you never know bungie's kind of doing some amazing things with that so i feel like Crossplay is definitely something very hard to do, but I feel like it's something that if they really wanted to, they'll work at it. And all of a sudden, we're playing Destiny Shadowkeep across three different systems, which I think would be cool. So, shout out to Sony for finally getting off their ass and doing the right thing and making games way more inclusive. I mean, we're finally we're finally in that uh, that future where it's just like, you know, you got your platform you prefer to play on, but. Uh... You want to play with your friends, you play with your friends. And it's it's nice to not be, at least to see in the future that it could just be like, I just want to play this on PC. I don't give a shit that you're playing on PS4. Let me play on yeah. PC. And that's that's an option. I've always been more of a f- interested in cross-progression, pro- cross-saving kind of thing, yep. where, you know, you start on one platform, you move to another kind of thing, particularly, you know, in, in a world with the Switch, because even though the Switch might not always look the prettiest, just sometimes they just want to play portably. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I definitely prefer that as far as those kind of the cross like systems in games, but it's nice to have the cross play as um, as an option for for plenty of games out there. Yeah, like could you imagine going back in time during like the height of the console wars and like going back to your young self and being like, hey, what if I told you that in years from now you'll be able to play any game that has multiplayer with all your friends, no matter what system you're playing on. And the console wars just don't even exist. I feel like young me would just be like, Xbox sucks, Sony's number one. And then I was like, <laughs> God damn it. And I'd go back to the future all disappointed. Yeah, I feel like younger me would be like, 
neat not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) i have a i have a sony sweatshirt and this was like last year i was like outside walking my dog and i was bringing her back in and somebody in a minivan drove by and just goes playstation sucks and i was just like okay what (laughs) mazel tov like i'm I'm glad i'm glad you have such strong opinions on that yeah i was like man what are you doing like you give me a drive-by playstation sucks come on (laughs) yeah i mean it's like i used to write for a different site and i wrote a review of god of war ascension and Mm -hmm. i guess somebody found the review less than favorable because they spend like the next couple weeks like attacking me calling me an xbox fanboy to be clear i gave the game like a I gave the game like a 3.5, like three and a half stars out of five stars um, because legitimately, and I like even had a video in the review like showing just how absolutely broken a couple sections of the game were. It was, and I said, yeah. comparing it to the rest of the God of War series at this point, yada, yada, and this person just kept harassing me. And to be clear, um, I did not have, uh, a, um, I wasn't an Xbox fan, but I had no Xbox thing. Uh, I had a logo for the original console calibrating logo, which was a... PlayStation 4 inspired controller that had Xbox colorings on the face buttons. Oh. And it clearly looked like a PlayStation controller though, just Xbox color because it was it was our way of console calibrating being like fuck the console wars kind of concept right, right. kind of thing. And this person got so mad cuz they just saw you know Xbox coloring and stuff like that. I'm like the things people get mad about is like and and blame stuff on it's just so dumb. Sometimes I know. it's so dumb. Could you imagine getting mad about God of War Ascension, like, easily the worst game in that series? Like, it's not even saying it's a bad game. Like, it's still a good game, but compared to the rest of that series? (laughs) Again, it's a three and a half star, as what I said, it's a three and a half star game in a series full of four and a half and five star games. Yeah. That was, and that was before uh, God of War 2018, to be clear. Like, this is before that. So, like... I compare if I had to compare it against the rest of the God War series, it'd probably get a lower rating now. But comparing it to like <laughs> the rest, the what what else had come out at that time, like that was it, it, no, it's it was such a dumb, it's such a dumb thing. And the, yeah, I remember like it was the first person I ever blocked on Twitter. And before I did, I looked through all of their like tweets, and it was just attacking any person who gave less than a less than like a five star rating. That's wild, like. People I just mean, get mad about the dumbest things. Oh, yeah, because that's my favorite. It's just, oh, your opinion is different than mine? Well, clearly, you're wrong. It's like, oh, I that's mean... That's not how opinions work. You, when <laughs> yeah. you, re- you find a reviewer who traditionally you have a similar uh, interests to, similar oh, yeah. opinions to, and you find two to three, maybe uh, maybe five reviewers that you like, who, who like you like their writing mixed with that, and that's what you read. Yeah, it's fantastic. You don't, you, you don't read the reviewer. You, you don't go to the reviewer who traditionally hates the type of game you like and is reviewing yeah. it to see what they think. Because guess what? They're probably going to hate it. That's how it works. That was honestly, that was the way, uh, that's how I first got into like uh, Greg Miller and like IGN was because he wrote an article about how Metal Gear Solid meant so much to him. And I was just like, ah, oh, ah. Mm. Uh, my heart and mm-hmm. so ever since then like I, I'd, I'd follow them and I obviously that's what got me into like really paying attention to IGN and from there there's been tons of great writers and obviously the writers on Polygon yeah. and Kotaku so like that's what you have to do is find the ones who actually speak with your interests really or also it's also good to read people who have completely different interests because you can learn some other words I traditionally don't think I've almost ever agreed with a review Cle- Patrick Klepek has wrote okay 
I still love reading his reviews yeah. because I find them insightful. He's a brilliant writer. And every now and again, he writes something about a game that I could give two shits about. And I'm like, you know what? The way you're speaking about this, I'm going to give this a look. And sometimes he's right. It actually sways my opinion because, again, he, he, he can bring in different voices, read different things, learn about the world. Don't shut oh, yeah. yourself off because, because oh, no, bad, bad man said bad game, good, or bad man said good game, bad. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous because I know because Lucy O'Brien took a bunch of flack for her Days Gone interv- review, and it's just like, no, I Ugh. mean – like she hit the nail in the head on a lot of those aspects because I, at the end of the day, I really enjoyed it, but it took me a while to really get going. And like, there were definitely mm-hmm. some moments where like, it's weird because I think the voice acting was solid, but the implementation of certain phrases, like it was, there were some really random moments where all of a sudden Deacon would just be like screaming at a person right next to him. <laughs> it's just like, Deacon, we're not driving the bike right now. You guys are just sitting there. Or he'd be like sneaking up on a horde and he'd be like, ah, there's a horde there. It's like, shut the fuck up, Deacon. <laughs> it's like, there's a horde there. <laughs> So some of that shit was weird, but there was a lot that you could critique about the game and she did it super fairly. And then everyone was just like, oh man, you just hate, you know, this guy character. It's like, no, you jackass, like play through the entire game and then you can write your own review. Go, go do whatever you want to do. But, mm-hmm. um, with, so with crossplay, <laughs> we really spiraled, which is fantastic. <laughs> I pretty, no, Hey, bring me on a show. If you want, if you want tangents on your show, coherent tangents. I, I, I can bring them to you. <laughs> that's that's what we're looking for. And so this all started with crossplay, but with crossplay, I'm finally excited to be able to actually experience games with people now who don't have the same system I have. And with stuff like Discord at this point, you don't even need, you know, like party chat on your system. You can all chat together using Discord and you can still use your headset and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a good time for this to start happening because I know you can use, you know, in-game chat. But I got to tell you, for a lot of like multiplayer games I play, I do not want to listen to in-game chat because especially if it's a first person shooter, most of the time it's either somebody being an asshole or somebody has their music on in the background at an just an insane volume <laughs> because I, I I've never understood that. <laughs> like just mute your mic. Like you have to know that everyone is hearing your muffled, terrible music. I used to be the person who loved voice chat in the days of playing Halo three, Halo reach. I oh, yeah. love voice chat because it's the same reason I love reading the comments online. I, I just like hearing humanity is the best way I could describe it. I mm. like kind of hearing what people are, are doing out there. And I like, like, and I'm like, I could just mute this individual person if they if it's just like pure static or again like you said just blindingly loud music i could always just go mute them but i just yeah. like to always keep it on now that i'm in like my mid 30s and i don't play as many of those games fuck every person <laughs> <laughs> i don't even care if you're a nice I, i'm just like if you are not a person i am directly friends with i don't want to hear it i just like i i just don't care they, yeah. And that's kind of like it's it's the shift. It's amazing the difference between late teens, twenties versus thirties. It's just like I just don't care. Yeah, like really, I just long for the days of SOCOM push to talk. Push to talk <laughs> was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. All right, so that has been the Sony shakeup news roundup. It's been, that's what we'll call it. TM trademark. <laughs> and so before we close out the show, we have a voicemail from our good friend Reese. And he's got a little would you rather for us. So, Josh, this Ooh. is a game that we play 
and the the opening segment sometimes of our episodes. So it's usually gaming would you rather's. And so Reese has got a pretty good one. I had to listen to it earlier because he called in twice and he was like, just use use the one that sounds better. So I had to listen <laughs> to it. But it's a pretty good one. So here it comes. Hey, players. Reese calling with the would you rather for you guys. So would you rather that all voice acting in all games you played sounded like Mario's voice? So all NPCs and main characters, they're all talking like Mario. Or all voice acting remains as it is, uh, but... It's a you, it's a you who talk like Mario. Wow, you see, Mario time. <laughs> okay, so thank you very much for that call, Reese. This is a good one. <laughs> so to sum up, would you rather every game you play, all the characters and NPCs talk like Mario, or every game you play, all the voice acting is the same, but you talk like Mario? <laughs> so am I, just to clarify, am I talking like Mario only in the confines of playing games like voice chat, like with people kind of things, or is my entire day-to-day life replaced by, by sounding like Mario? Let's go with your entire day-to-day life, just to spice things up. <laughs> Tired. <laughs> I mean, that, that, see, that, that turns into an easy one for me, easily uh, game voices, because I will take voice acting any day of the week, because, uh, again, most of what I do career-wise is talking to people. <laughs> And it's just like, conceptually, I like the idea. And I do Mario impressions sometimes. And I do Luigi impressions. I do voice impressions. I don't want to be stuck in one in, in one impression unless with a really good explanation. However, playing games, I don't know. I can, I'm can. i just literally I'm playing, mentally playing through Mass Effect right now, uh, the entire Mass Effect series. sound like Mario. And, and I'm just... Now, okay, now, sound exactly like Charles Martin... Mario, or can we jury rig this a little bit where it's it's all Mario isms, but it, it's like the original voice actress because I just kind of want to hear Brandon <laughs> Keener, Garrus, everything is Mario esque, but it's still him. It's him doing the Mario impersonation. Like I want be... to be the I, 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 the voice actors, the original voice actors on the games, but doing Mario impersonations. That would be pretty entertaining. And I also want to he- I, I want to see this now just as a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We're going to have to commission somebody to do this. So if it was the case where all the voice actors sounded like Mario, I, I would take that one because, like you, I don't want to sound like Mario in my entire life. Because mm-hmm. outside of the podcast, my real job, I do, I'm a trainer, so I train people how to do a job. And I don't think they take <laughs> me very seriously if I'm out here talking about retirement accounts and I sound like fucking Mario. So, Woohoo! <laughs> now, this is how you invest in right. this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't I think. I slipped in the Mickey Mouse there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I could go through life with that. However, I like your twist where it's like the actual voice actors just talking in Marioisms because I immediately just went to the goat, Solid Snake, and just thinking of, you know, uh, Colonel, it's a me, Snake. <laughs> <laughs> like every time he calls him uh, on the codec. Damn, that was a really good would you uh, rather. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for giving us a call, Reese. Because that actually was like a play on one that we've done in the past where I've asked, would you rather have games where there is no voice acting for your protagonist? So your protagonist is silent. Or would you rather have every game you play, the protagonist is voiced by Gilbert Gottfried? Oh, gee. <laughs> it's just tough. <laughs> Uh, silence. <laughs> so then you got to think, like, 
God of War, you lose Kratos's voice, or you have him talk like Gilbert Gottfried to Atreus. <laughs> oh God, I still think I'm gonna go with silent because if it's if the game is rewritten under the understanding that it's a silent protagonist, I think that can make it work. But yeah. I, I've enjoyed Gilbert Godfrey's comedy and stuff like that at points in my life, but I don't think I could perpetually just listen. I, I listen to, you know, I, I, I was trying to think of myself, can I do a Gilbert Godfrey impersonation saying boy? And I'm like, I can't. I cannot <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's just no. squawking. Yeah, it's just squawking. <laughs> it's literally, it's just all, it's just Iago noises. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a classic one. That's an old, that's an old throwback for sure. And so the voicemail segment, as always, is brought to you by Evil Tim Industries. Evil Tim Industries specializing in voice acting with only Mario and, of course, Gilbert Gottfried. So if you're looking for voice acting with those two, (laughs) call Evil Tim Industries. More work for your mouth. Go check them out. And so before we wind down episode 99, Josh, thank you again so much for hanging out. It was a great chat this evening. We had some spiraling. We had some goose talk. It was really an episode for the books. Thank you again so much. Ah, no, I had a blast. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, I was excited when you first uh, pitched me coming on the show a little while back at, at PAX West, and I'm glad we made, found the time to work for both of us. And no, This has just been fun. Uh, again, I appreciate any show that has a planned topics and B most importantly, will let me completely derail the shit out of your planned topics. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're known for a little derailing. So it's, it's, it's a match made in heaven. So anytime you want to come back, you know, we'll be here every week and we would love to have you on. Like I said, I'm going to have to get you talking with Kate and Christine, because I think you'll have some things to talk about with fire emblem, mass effect, kingdom hearts, all the good stuff. So there will be more we opportunities where we get to chat again. But before we chat in the future, where can all the folks find you one last time? So for me personally, best place is Twitter. I'm at bearpunch, uh, you know, the animal and the punch. Uh, I do never have said it that Where did way. that come from? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, go listen to episode 292 or 290, 292, I believe, of Cosmic Calvary Podcast. It's where I interviewed my creative director and best friend, Justin Stanley, for an hour and a half. Uh, it came from the end of our friendship, but the short version <laughs> uh, is it's just... Uh, there is a scene in the movie The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage where he's dressed <laughs> up as a bear and he punches a nun uh, or something like that. Yes. And we saw that as part of like some clip thing from an article Crack did. I don't, I, like, it was like some article they did. And we both at the same time yelled bear punch. And it just turned into an <laughs> in-joke, which just... Uh, I needed a Twitter handle one day and all of my normal handles were not available. So I went and used that. Good. Now that I know where that came from, it's even better. That's fantastic. Well, the best part about it is people will like say, Hey, Josh is doing this thing. You know, and he punches bears like, no, God damn it. I am the bear. Go look at the logo. (laughs) But, uh, other places you can find me, I, I stream with my personal brand, Bear Punch, uh, on Mixer, Mixer.com slash Bear Punch. Uh, constantly calibrating, you can find at uh, on Twitter at, at ConcalPod. And, uh, yeah, and then uh, we stream um, every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. and every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific over on uh, Mixer.com slash ConcalPod. Uh, trying to get up to 500 followers on that account before the end of this year. So if you have any interest in podcast kind of stuff, we do, please. Go drop that a follow. All right. So go check him out on Mixer. Go check him out on Twitter. 
And again, thank you so much. You've been a fantastic guest. We've had a great time tonight. And so it's time to wind down episode 99. And we hope that you have enjoyed this. And if you have, go on whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether that be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, whatever it is, leave us a like, subscribe to us, and write us a review. It goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. And of course, if you've enjoyed this or anything else that we do, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And if you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two so you can join that rad group of supporters, and we would really appreciate it. And so episode 99 winds down. We're one closer to the big 100. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, we appreciate you. And we will talk to you all very soon.